0: Hey everybody, how are you? Thank you so much for tuning in. We are just days away from Christmas 2021 and New Year's. What a year, (laughs) what a year. Looking back at 2021 and 2020, these two years have been unprecedented and I really haven't seen any other years like these years in my life. I'm sure you would probably agree, Uh, but we're still here. We're still alive. Praise Jesus, we're still alive. Um, so I'm going to start talking about some stuff. So recently I did this podcast, right? Called the underdog. It was called the underdog. And, um, a lot of people like that podcast. Sorry, my phone is like blowing up right now. So if you see my hand up there, I'm turning denying the calls. Uh, but I did this podcast called, uh, the underdog and a lot of people liked it because I got really real and talked about some issues. Um, you know, that, uh, people don't talk about in the church and, uh, you know, my goodness, I am just getting blown up here. Sorry. Anyways, uh, so it is what it is. Um, you know, I talked about these things and uh, some people didn't like it. Some people did. Uh, some people thought, you know, hey, you shouldn't talk about those things. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some things in today's broadcast that I haven't really talked about before. Because I just, uh, I really feel like it's a season to be very real and transparent. And I think people in the body, the Ecclesia, Remnant Warriors, I think people are tired of the showmanship, tired of people doing things for ulterior motives and different things. I think, you know, if if, if what I'm, what I'm sensing in the spirit in this season is that God is wanting us to be real, to be transparent, to be authentic, and to get to the core of, of our values and our faith, you know, not to, not to, um, you know, the seeker friendlyism and all that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't seek you know, to be friendly to people that are non-believers and whatnot. I mean, I think the the gospel message itself is extremely friendly. It's about love, but I think there's been an element of kind of putting up an appearance. Um, You know, people kind of, uh, I'll tell you like in the ministry, for instance, um, you know, people expect you to be perfect and they look for like one flaw. Um, If I put up a post about this or that, uh, people think, you know, I'm always trying to project some Ulterior motive, or like some cryptic message. Like, if I put a a post about marriage, people are like, Oh, is your marriage in trouble? If I put a post up about depression, Pastor Todd, you must be depressed. No, actually, I just honestly like to talk uh, about all the different issues because I've lived as a Christian for many years now and I've seen a lot of people go through different things. And I've gone through a lot of different things, and uh, some of the things are painful, and I've had to walk through things as a believer. Um, where, you know, I didn't have the support of the church. I would have liked to. I would have liked to have the support of the church, but I didn't. And, you know, we, we can't be responsible for other people's actions. We can only be responsible for our own actions, you know? So, you know, when you see somebody in a down season or going through something, we have a tendency, and I don't know why, we have a tendency as Christians to, like, gossip about them and you know, it's kind of like when people are up, everybody's like, oh, them, they all fawn over that person. It's it's almost borderline idolatry. Maybe it is idolatry. But then if somebody, you know, there's a scandal or something happens or something bad happens to the person. And I've seen this several times in my walk with Jesus. You know, people just bail on you and they and they, you know, all of a sudden they don't answer your calls, they're not around. And it's like the same people that wanted to be, you know, and, and here there's a reverse to that too. There's a reverse to that. I'm gonna share this you know, there were some people that were some big people in the body of Christ that would not give me, I'm just gonna be real with you, would not give me the time of day years ago. And I would reach out to them and I'd be encouraged, you know, to share some things with them thinking like, wow, this brother's on fire. You know, you see him speaking and they're on fire and you're like, wow, that person's so awesome. So then you, you know, you just reach out to them as, as a believer and you're really, you're kind of taken back by the response that you get, you know, they're kind of prideful. They're kind of arrogant. They're kind of, you know, unapproachable. All of a sudden they don't want to, you know, they don't give you the time of day. And here, here's a crazy thing. Now that's come full circle. Now some of those same people, <laughs> those same, those very same people have reached out to me in the last year or two and they're like, you know, trying to get a hold of me. And I got to get a hold of you, brother Coconado. I got to, you know, we want to have you on this and we want to have you on that. And the very same people that wouldn't even answer me and respond to me before. Now, you know, when I'm up, I guess I'm up. I don't know. Am I up? I don't even know. Uh, you know, all of a sudden they want you on your, you know, their show and they want you on their prayer call and they want you on. And to me, that just isn't real. You know, I, I, I really appreciate realness, you know. And so I'm going to be honest, I haven't really got back to one of these people that's been kind of getting in touch with me because I just remember about 11 or 12 years ago that person could barely acknowledge my existence in the ministry and it's not payback. I'm not trying to be rude. I still show the person love and everything, but it's just like, really? Like, you know, dude, like, I mean, you know, it's okay. People put it in like, in, in this whole Christian ease, you know, like, you know, everybody's perfect and everything's great and everything's blessed and we don't talk about these things, but you know, what about when, when a a brother or sister is going through something, you know, they're going through something and all of a sudden, it's like all those people that were around them, they're gone, you know? And, and you, get, you get to really see who your real friends are. You get to really see who the trues are. And I'm going to tell you that the trues, there's not a lot of trues, okay? The true people are the people that are with you in the good times and the bad times. They're not, They're not trying to get something from you. But see, there's a lot of people out there, they want to get something from you. They think that you're going to, you know you're gonna give something that they need you see what I'm saying and so they wait they, they they sit there and they just wait to try to get a piece of you you know and, th- and that's not real that that's opportunism that's um, that's a motive that's uh and, I, and I, I'm gonna tell you right now you know preachers do this there's some preachers that do this you know they see somebody with a big platform or something and they want their followers or they want you know they want what they have they think that if they hang around you and they, they act real nice and you know, sometimes they'll even use money, you know, they'll like, they'll like give you some money and then, and then, you know, they'll want something for that. So the, the money that they give is not, is not pure. It's, there's a motive attached to it. There's strings attached, right? So, um, so anyways, uh, you know, here, let me give you another perspective. Okay. Um, it's really easy to criticize somebody when you're not in their shoes. It's really easy you know, to look at somebody with a big ministry or with a big platform or somebody that's out there. And, you know, and you, and, and I used to do this too. And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty of this. Right. But like, you think you have their whole situation figured out. Why can't they say this? Why don't they do this? Why don't, you know, and it's real easy to, to throw darts at them. Right. But when you're in the shoes and you, and you realize like all the different, the different layers, I mean, there's um there's a safety layer. There's literally people that want to like kill us. Um, there's literally people that, that want to take you down. There's people that want something from you. There's people that, that are just looking to find something bad about you so that they could put it all over the news and media. And, And so the problem is, is like, there's, there's all these different things. There's friendly fire. There's, there's, you know, the media and the, and the deep state and the enemies and all the different people. So it's not like just one thing. There's like multiple things that are trying to get you. And then of course you got the enemy that's trying to ensnare you, you know? So you, you kind of like navigate through a minefield, you know? And um, and there's not a lot of, I mean, there are people that are good people that stand with you, but but there's less than you think, you know? And, and a lot of the people that you would think would stand with you don't, you know? And so you're kind of navigating this minefield and we're in this this insane, I mean, it's, it's I really believe we're gonna win the battle that we're in, uh, but this is probably the most intense battle. And I've been in some pretty big battles over my, lifetime, I mean, I could share some stories with you. Uh, but, but this battle that we're in right now is one of the most intense, probably the most intense that I've seen because there's so many layers, there's so many aspects, there's so many different things happening at once and you gotta really navigate through this. And, and so like I said, you got all these people trying to, you know, take you down, find something on you, you know, blast you out to the media. You know, you got, you got frenemies and, and, you know, people that are saying they're your friends, but they're really not your friends and people that are your friends just because you got a platform or something. You know, and I'm not trying to say that I got like this massive platform or something, but you guys would be surprised at, at like how many people want something, you know, and, and why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this today because I want, I, I really believe the church has got to get real. Like we've got to address the real issues and, and, you know, sometimes like it's a spouse that's tripping out or freaking out or something and people blame the minister or they blame the person in ministry or, you know, there's different things that are happening and, and people just want to just go, go for like, you know, just take you down, you know? And, uh, and I see this a lot. I see this. And so, you know, um, you know, there's some good ministers that I know that just have a, a spouse. That's just really difficult, you know? And uh, I think, you know, it, it's a, it's a challenge for them, you know? And uh, I see this more often than you guys would probably realize. In fact, one of my friends, somebody I know from Hollywood, you know, is going through a, a real public divorce right now. And uh, I know the brother and he's a good brother. He's a good man. And I've, I've, I've worked with him on some things over the years, different things and stuff. And so, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me to watch him going through this. And I know that it probably wasn't something he wanted to walk through and he probably didn't have any options, you know, and, and now it's in the public arena and, you know, I'm not going to name any names or anything for the sake of privacy, but, you know, I just, I pray for both of them. And it's not the first time I've seen this. I've seen this many times over the years. And then it's like, you know, then what happens to the brother? Like, you know, he's an anointed brother. So is that it now? Or do people just say, oh, he's, he's no good because he's walking through a divorce? I mean, you know, and the church is just so, I mean, we're so quick to throw darts and we're so quick to to write stories and to just, you know, to buy in the, the whole thing. And, uh, and, and, you know, you gotta just think about, like, people are all trying to do, I, I really believe a lot of people are trying to do their best, but we're in a very challenging time from a spiritual warfare standpoint. We're in a very challenging time because Christianity is really the target here. And the battle is light versus darkness. See, many years ago, you know, there was kind of a mushy middle. You guys remember that? I mean, I can think back like the eighties and nineties, there was a mushy middle. And, uh, you know, you could have kind of gotten by with like some of, you know, maybe you kind of flirt with communism and you flirt with the deep state. And some of these people were kind of like, kind of woke, but kind of not now it's like, you know, boom, you're either over here, or you're over there. I mean, there's no mushy middle at this point. You have got to choose a side. And I really believe that's God's doing because he says that, you know, uh, what place does light have with darkness? And he also says that if you're, if you're you know, you're, um, you're lukewarm, you're going to be spit out, right? Lukewarm, you're going to be spit out. And so as the hour gets later, you know, we're, we're having to choose a side right now. And, and many of you, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest, you know, look, going into 2022, we're going to have to address these real issues. There's been some real brokenness and some real hurt in the church. And I will tell you, anytime I do an episode or a broadcast on people being hurt in the church, I get more letters than just about any other time. Uh, on that one the other day where I talked about, uh, you know, the underdog, and I must have gotten a hundred letters or so about that episode. Because, you know, people relate to that. Because you, you've been trying to find real, and you've been searching, and ministers have let you down. And people have let you down. And I bet you there's people that I've, I've even recommended on this channel before where I've said, yeah, I'll follow this person. This is a good person. And then like a couple years later, I found out maybe they weren't so good or maybe they were, you know, and it's like, we all make those mistakes. I'm I'm more careful and more cautious these days about who I even hang around uh, and who I publicly uh, say that I'm hanging with, you know? Now, you know, it's hard because people take pictures with me all the time and you know, there's stuff out there. It's just part of being a public figure and stuff. I was at Turning Point USA and there was a lot of people that took pictures with me, you know, and I took pictures with a lot of people. So, you know, just having a picture with somebody is not necessarily endorsing them, but but some people take that, you know, as that perspective. I'll give you another example. The other day, I'm 44 years old. I'm about to be 45. Um, and, um, you know, I had uh, taken a picture with two youth. Uh, they must have been about 18 or 19. They were women, you know, girls. And, uh, you know, I took it down because uh, I, I wanted to avoid even the appearance of evil. But, you know, people freak out. They think, oh, my gosh, Pastor Coconato. I don't even think like that. I'll be honest. I don't even think like that. I don't think like, oh my gosh, I'm taking a picture with a youth. You know, maybe this youth, uh, you know, somebody's gonna think that like there's something perverse about it. But unfortunately, we're in this world right now where people's minds are in the gutter and there's so much scandal and there's so much controversy and there's, you know, you got social media and all the different things that are just echoing you know, making the, the amplification of scandal or anything like that. So it's more now than it's ever been because, you know, as it is, you had Hollywood and TV before and things like that. But with social media, I mean, Mike, it's like an echo chamber and it just keeps going and going and going and going. And so this is what's happening. And I'm watching it with some of my friends right now who I really believe are true believers. I've got to know them. I love them. You know, we've become really good friends. And, and I'm watching some of these guys walking through hell right now. Uh, it's crazy because, you know, people are accusing them of being this or that, or, and, and it's just, I mean, some of this stuff is some, some real crazy stuff. Like they're saying they're pedophiles or they're saying they're, you know, cabal or deep state or Illuminati or, I mean, you know, and it's like, you know, people have no problem in today's world lobbying an accusation like that against, they don't even think about, like they, I don't think they think about like what repercussions does this have on this person's life. You know, what repercussions does it have on, on, you know, like, 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 if we're a believer in Christ, like, are we, are we basically throwing a grenade at their life? Are we, you know, you better have like some facts to back that up, you know, but see, it doesn't take facts anymore. It doesn't take facts anymore because now, you know, everybody just basically, they think they could just say something and it's like, whatever, you know, you just say it. And and all of a sudden you threw a grenade at somebody's life and you know, you're a quote unquote believer. And, and I, I truly believe that some, some of these people are really sincere believers, but what happens is they throw this grenade publicly and I don't even think they think about the repercussions spiritually. And, and, and see, I'm the kind of pastor that like, I'm the guy that like picks up the phone and gets to know the person and, you know, gets to know their heart. And it's like, you know, I see the pain that they're walking through and I don't think a lot of other people know about the pain that's associated with those types of accusations. You know, so it's like, you got to be careful. The Bible says be slow to speak. You don't just say something out there. Like, unless you have like, I mean, first of all, there's a protocol. You go to the person, you know, that, you know, if they're not willing to receive the word, you go to the elders and you try to bring them before elders. You know, there's a whole protocol and a lot of people are just skipping this protocol and they're just making public statements about people and it's really damaging. And what it does, it causes contention and division in the movement and I, I, you know, I had to walk through a, a situation like this myself a couple months back, you know, like around the summertime, you know, and that was painful. And, it was, you know, these things are painful, but, you know, i have watched it with my friends, you know, I'm watching it with my, my friend who, you know, is in Hollywood that's going through this divorce right now publicly. And I just think, guys, you know, we've got to think about this for a second, okay? Where is the love of Jesus Christ? Because, see, the Bible says the greatest commandment of all is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy mind, right? What's the, the second one? Is to love thy neighbor, you know, love thy neighbor, and, and look at it through the love of Jesus, and just say like, what is this person going through? You know, we're so polarized, and we're so quick to say, you know, this person's deep state, this person's Illuminati, this person's a spy, this person, you know, and I, you know, we've all probably found guilty at some point in all this thing, you know. But but the thing is, is like, we've got to just sit back and like be slower to speak and really think about like, what are my words gonna do in this person's life? And like, you know, be, be the person that, that when somebody's down, instead of running from them, be the helping hand. And, and, and it just shows so much character. It shows so much character when instead of like attacking, cause we tend to eat our own in the Christian community. And I've seen it for years and I, I'm just gonna be real with you guys. Like, first of all, I'm not perfect, okay? I've made many mistakes over the years. I, I came from a, a, you know, an abusive home. I mean, even though my mom was amazing, I came from an abusive home, you know, later that was rectified quite a bit. And the Lord did a lot in my home, but I had to go through years of deliverance. I was going to be real transparent. Like when I came to Christ, that wasn't the end all be all. I had to go year, you know, through years of deliverance and healing and fight for my healing. And there was many times when I could have probably bailed out on the church because I saw stuff that was like ridiculous. And, you know, it would have been really easy for me to just say, you know, if this Christian stuff is nonsense, let me just get out of here. These people are fake, you know, because even 20 something years into this whole thing as an adult, you know, I still feel that way sometimes. But I just suck it up and realize, you know what, it's, it's for the greater good of, of the Lord and the kingdom. And I'm going to forgive this individual for whatever thing that they're doing and just move forward. Because my walk with Jesus Christ is about a personal relationship. It's not about. Uh, you know, what he said or she said or this one did or that one did, you see. But if I didn't have that foundation, and I know many of you have probably had this same situation in your life where you got so fed up with stuff that you saw in the church and people that quote unquote Christians and quote unquote ministers have done and abusing of things that, you know, whether it's relational things or tithes or, you know, just all kinds of stuff, just abuse, abuse, abuse. And, and, And you probably, you know, but somewhere along the line, you made the decision and you said, you know what, regardless of that, I really believe that God is real and I really want a personal relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to just forgive that person or just move forward and not let that affect my walk. Cause see, that's the thing. That's the decision that I made somewhere along the line here where I just said, you know, as much as that person did a stupid, foolish thing and it hurt me, you know, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. So I'm just going to keep, you know, moving forward. And that's what we got to do. We got to just keep moving forward. But like what, what makes me sad is like this, 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 notion that that people just because maybe they fell you know one time or you know it was and it could have been a big fall or you know maybe they got a divorce or you know maybe something happened in their life then all of a sudden we just like throw them out you know like let me take the garbage out throw them out and how many of you have been in a situation like that because I'm going to tell you right now in my younger years as a Christian I made stupid mistakes and and I got caught up in different things and I, I was sincere but I was sincerely wrong You see what I'm saying? I was sincere, but I was sincerely wrong. And, and, you know, thank God I had a strong mother who was a believer that loved me through certain things. And I had certain friends that stepped up, but I'm going to tell you, friends, I wouldn't be here today if some of those things didn't happen. And the Lord had grace on me, but, you know, I I just, I, I think that a lot of people have this, this wrong notion that like a Christian leader or a pastor or something like that, you know, is perfect or never makes a mistake or something like that. That's, that's insane. That's ridiculous. And, and so we, we've developed this culture to where like, you know, the pastor has to be perfect. And the minute they make one mistake, they're done. That's it. Their ministry's done. And, and, you know, that's just the wrong way. I mean, I believe that God is a God of restoration. And I'm not just talking about ministers. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about anybody that's watching this, you know, just because, you know, and a fortunate thing is a lot of people have had to leave the church where they attend because the people were so judgmental because of something that happened in their life. And they don't understand behind the scenes, the abuse that you've dealt with. They don't understand behind the scenes, the the crazy warfare that you dealt with, that that maybe you don't want to make public and put all your business out there. But all they see is like one thing and they make a judgment about you. And then all of a sudden you got to like leave the church because, you know, when you're down, no one wants to be around. Does anybody relate to this? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about today? Because I've seen this way too many times, way too many times in the church. And see, I'm the complete opposite. I'm not trying to brag on myself or anything. But like when I see somebody that's down like that, that's the, the, actually the kind of person I like to reach out to. Say, man, are you doing okay? You know, how can I, how can I be praying for you? I, and they say, Pastor Todd, thank you so much for standing with me. You know, like they're shocked, you know. And how stupid is that, that, that they need to be shocked that a pastor or another fellow Christian would reach out to them. But listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you can't handle this type of stuff, and I mean this in the most kind way, Okay, but this is probably going to be the wrong channel for you, because I'm just going to be honest, like in 2022, not only are we going to continue to fight the deep state and all the different things that are going on in our world and continue to bring awareness to that. But I really believe God wants us to focus on some of these ridiculous religiosity, self-righteous super saints that are in the body of Christ that just think that they do no wrong and they love to just point the finger at everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody else, you know. You know, that is the most ridiculous thing. It is absolutely not biblical because if if you even open that Bible and you look at what that Bible says, it's exactly opposite of what the Bible says. But I don't know how we got to where we are as a culture to where all of a sudden it's like, so basically it's like, you know, when somebody's up, everybody's fawning over them. They make idol, you know, make an idol out of them, you know, all this ridiculous stuff. But the minute something happens, it's like, Oh, look at that brother. Ooh, look what that. Ooh, look what they did. And it's like piranhas, you know, like, like sharks in the water. And I, you know, listen, when I was in Bible school, I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. When I was in Bible school, this is like 22 years ago or something like that. Um, you know, there was this girl that liked me. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm admit, I probably liked her too, you know, but I was kind of like, not sure about it. And she was like, really like, you know, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. Anyways, she made up a real bad lie about me. It was an awful lie. It was a horrible lie. And I was like kind of popular at the school at the time. I mean, you know, not like super popular, but I had a lot of friends, you know, and all of a sudden people heard this lie and they were just like, oh, you know, is that true? Is that true? And for about two months, I felt like uh, Jesus. (laughs) I felt like, oh my gosh, like the same people that love me, you know, on Palm Sunday were like the very ones, crucify him, crucify him, you know? And of course, I'm not trying to compare myself to, uh, to Jesus. Okay. I'm not trying to compare myself to Jesus because obviously I'm not, but what I'm saying is I felt like him. I I related to him for a second there. Right. Because the thing was, was, is that the person made up a lie, but there was people that were buying it and I'm sharing a bit. This is very, me being very transparent with you. I'm sharing this today. But the thing is this, is that, uh, you know, I had to walk through that for like two months and then finally it came out, the truth came out and the person was so embarrassed. The truth came out and I think they ended up leaving the church and the ministry and you know we never heard, I've never till this day heard, of, I have no idea where that person is. Uh, I think they were very embarrassed about what they did. Now, I never would have wished that upon them. And you know, they were the one that came up with the, the false accusation, but I had to walk through a hellish two months. Now this is 22 years ago, thank God. But I'm just giving an example here. But for that two month period, those people that, how many of those people that were my friends that loved me so much, only a few weeks earlier, How many of them picked up the phone and called me? Maybe four? Maybe five? Out of like hundreds? Most people backed off. Most people, and I I get it, they don't want to be involved in the scandal and they think, oh, scandal, scandal. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is like when somebody's down or when they're going through it, that's when they need the church. That's when they need Christians. Like, stop being so consumed by somebody's position or, you know, their platform or their followers or. You know, fawning over some of these leaders that aren't even teaching biblical Christianity. My goodness, our concern is not about, like, somebody's name. That's why I say the whole nameless, faceless, and people attack me for it. First of all, it's the only thing I'm saying is, it's like, it's not about a platform. It's not about followers. It's not about celebrity. We're doing this for Jesus, for souls, and for love. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy mind all thy soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. But see, that just tells me something right there. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know what one of the biggest problems is? People don't know how to love themselves. They haven't had the revelation about who they are in Jesus Christ. They don't even know their own identity. Because unfortunately, a lot of pastors are not even teaching the, the truth of the word of God. They're, they're in these motivational messages and a bunch of nonsense. And, and they don't they barely even they talk about like one scripture in the whole message. And they don't even get into you know, the hermeneutics and all the, all the different things about it. They just, they're just literally like, it's like, you know, here's my scripture. And then they go off on like a totally different (laughs) thing. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm not trying to be critical here. I'm not trying to be critical. Okay. But I'm saying like, we as a culture, as a church, we've got to make some serious changes. And one of the big changes we got to make is to stop eating our own and being like piranhas in a water or like sharks in a water that like are just looking for blood. We don't always know the situation that the person's walking through. I can tell you this firsthand because I had an amazing mother and family. And, and, and I will tell you, like I saw the inside stuff that other people didn't see. And they went through hell and back. Hell and back. And a lot of times people had no idea what they were going through. No idea because they didn't want to publicly get out there and just put it all out there. And they knew that they would get eaten alive if they did. And that's what keeps a lot of pastors from talking the truth because they're so afraid of being eaten alive in the public arena because that's the culture that we've developed. Because for some reason, somebody went along the line said that pastors have to be perfect and preachers got to be perfect. And that is so far from the truth. We are never going to attain perfection on this world. We're never going to attain that. The only one that was able to attain that is the Father himself who came, Jesus Christ, who came fully God and fully man. He's the only perfect person that ever walked this earth. We are never going to attain that, but we're going to try our best. And I'm all about holiness, and I'm all about consecration, and I think that we need to teach that in the body of Christ. And we need to teach, you know, it's time to go back to that. It's time to go back to that. But at the same time, we cannot eat our own. And my goodness, the groupies and the people that are like all about followers and likes and platforms and you know, you, they, they just fawn over these leaders and make idols out of them. Stop. I'm going to tell you right now, every pastor that, that has a platform, any platform, first of all, that's God-given, and God gives and God can take away. Number one, okay, this is his platform. This is his ministry. It's not my ministry. It's never been. And if I ever thought it was, I'm trying to build my own kingdom. This is the Lord's. We're trying to build the Lord's kingdoms. That's number one. But number two is, is that when pastors see somebody making an idol out of them, they should right away tell people, don't do that. I always say follow God, not Todd. Now, of course I'm held to a higher standard and I accept that responsibility in that role. And I'm very, very aware of that. And when I make my decisions and that's why I try to avoid even the appearance of evil, because people try to accuse and say every single possible thing you can imagine. And it's, it's hard living in a, you know, living in a glass house. because That's basically what we do. We live, you know, in a glass. I mean, everybody sees everything. It's like living in a fishbowl and that's how ministry is. And that's why people that think it's all glamorous or whatever. Well, yeah, there are some people that are living like many celebrities and living high on the hog, but guess what? They're not real pastors because a real pastor shouldn't be doing that. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. You see what I'm saying? So those that are living all high on the hog and like you know, many celebrities or whatever, and, and I'm not against a Christian that's an entrepreneur or a marketplace anointing or somebody that has businesses and, hey, they've, they've been blessed and they've made money. That's all good, as long as they're sowing back into the kingdom and doing what God says and not making an idol of those things. I'm not against Christians being, you know, wealthy. I think there's some people that have the anointing to be wealthy. I'm talking about those, though, that, like, are just living high on the hog like Mr. Celebrity, You know, it's kind of like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's a congressperson or whatever. Like, why is she so rich? You know what I'm saying? She didn't get rich like Donald Trump. See, Donald Trump got rich a different way. You know, he actually had like that marketplace business anointing and and the Lord raised him up even though he had a, a very checkered past. But, you know, that's kind of like King David, right? I mean, he had a checkered past too. God tends to pick a lot of those people. And I think the Lord is still working on Donald Trump's heart. I don't care what anybody says. I think the man is growing in his faith, and I think that God has strategically put people around him, and he's starting to learn Christian culture. Whether you listen, the Word of God does not return back void. This guy's had people laying hands on him and praying for him. I've been in the room, you know what I'm saying? So don't tell me that the, the Word of God doesn't return back void. Now he has to make a choice, just like we all do. But I'm just saying, some you know, this whole thing of like celebrity preachers and. You know, eating—you know, eating our own, attacking our own when they're down. I mean, as a Christian, if we're a real Christian, when you see somebody down, number one, you should be praying for them. We should all be praying for them. And number two, that's when we lend the helping hand. That's not when we bail on them. But I always see this in the body, and it just drives me nuts. And it's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to many of you, where it's like, you know, you're down, and something happened, or whatever. And it's like that's when you need the support the most, and you're so thankful. You're so thankful. That there's actually a few real Christians that do show you the love. I can't tell you how thankful I was when I was in a down season, you know, and, and, and some people reached out to me and showed me the love of Jesus. And didn't judge me, didn't attack me, because I was getting so much attack and friendly attack. And, you know, it's not really friendly fire. I was uh, with Pastor Rodney uh, a couple weeks back, and, uh, you know, we, I said the word friendly fire. He said, Well, don't call it friendly fire, it's not friendly. And he's right, it's not friendly. It's not friendly. It's vicious. And uh, we just, we got to really think about like perspective wise, what we want to be as the ecclesia, as the body of Christ, because he's coming back for a, for a church without spot nor wrinkle, but that doesn't mean he's coming back for perfect people. We, we cannot attain perfection. We do our best to walk in a righteous manner. We do our best to, to live in a way that's consecrated and that's set apart I'm all for that 100%. That's what I talk about most of the time. I mean, it's a big big deal. I think there's been a lot of compromise and compromise is one of the main issues in the body right now. little leaven leavens the whole lump. So by no means am I backtracking on that. But what I'm saying is when a brother or a sister, because we're not perfect, when they do fall or when they come into a, a period of time where there's some hard times, okay? That's not when we attack them. My gosh, stop it. And to those people that are doing it, I really believe you're bringing judgment on yourself because the Bible says, he who is out sin, throw the first stone. You know, don't look at the speck in somebody else's eye when you got a plank in your own. We all need to be working on ourselves. And so as we go into 2022, can we change in this area? Can we really be the church and show the love of Jesus Christ? And when somebody's down, can we offer a hand and a prayer instead of judging and gossiping about them, my goodness, can we realize that, you know what, this brother, this sister, they're probably going through something real hard right now. You know, it's like, and, and, and stop, stop with thinking that pastors are perfect or making idols of pastors or whatever. My gosh, you know, these pastors that let people make the idols and, and just, you know, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? Like, what in the world? And, and, and you know, you need 10 jets and you know, big mansions like that are so ridiculously big. And then you got people right across the street from the church that are hungry. It's, it's not right. And so we've we got to Now, again, I'm not against somebody living good. You know, if they're, if there's somebody that's been blessed financially or they're, they're really smart and you know, in the marketplace and the business world. And Hey, they've, 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 you know, they've been blessed. I, I believe that's the favor of the Lord, especially if you're a good tither, all good. But, but, you know, there's gotta be a point here where we look at this thing and we say, what is the idol? You know, what, have we made idols of these things? And what would Jesus really want us to be doing as the Ecclesia? Because many people are hurting right now. And many people are looking for an answer. When I go around the country, there's people that are hungry and they're, and they're tired and they're beat down. And they want to come into the church, but they're also really skeptical because they've seen so much nonsense come from the greater body of Christ. And so it's like they want to go into the church, but then they're skeptical and they're, they're just like, you know, I don't even know if I want to expose myself to that. Because if I do, I'm just going to get hurt or I'm just going to get burned again. And so let me go back to like, so, you know, I was at turning point. I took a picture with a couple of these little influencers and everybody was fine. As long as it's like, you know, (laughs) some, some average looking person or some older person. But, but the second that I take a picture with anybody that's even slightly good looking, you got the people that have their minds in the gutter, you know, and they think, oh, you know, pastor Todd, you know, it's crazy. So basically the rule is I can't take a picture with anybody that's even slightly good looking because they're going to think there's like some scandal or something. So, you know, I'm just going to operate in wisdom because the whole thing is like, you know what, avoiding the appearance of evil. (laughs) So all good on that. I get it. But I'm just saying like, you know, we got to stop in the mentality of, first of all, thinking there's always a scandal. Second of all, if there is something that happens, you know, stop attacking somebody who's wounded and eating our own. Instead, show them the love of Jesus Stop making idols of pastors. Stop thinking Christians are supposed to be perfect because we're not perfect. Anybody who's walking around pretending to be perfect, they're gonna fall soon because you know what? Pride comes before a fall. And if you think you're perfect, that's pride. You know what I'm saying? So you either course correct or at some point you're not gonna be able to attain that level. There's gonna be a point there where eventually, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to stay at that level. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, I just wanted to get this off my chest today because look, we're going in this new year and we got to make some changes, friends. We got to make some changes. You know, people are really shocked to find out when like a pastor went through a divorce or pastor went through, you know, a child that committed suicide or a pastor. I'm going to tell you, life happens, friends. Life happens. And you know, God has got a, a God of first, second and third chances, you know? And uh, you know, no one wants to go through any of those painful things. You know, your, your daughter, your son. You know, went through a, you know, they had a child out of wedlock or, you know, or there's abuse in a marriage, you know, and and it's just unavoidable. You got to get out of it because there's abuse or, you know, and then all of a sudden all people see is the divorce. They don't see the abuse. They don't see that the the scripture even gives, you know, you know, references where it is okay to get divorced. But, you know, people just judge. They just judge, 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 judge. So I'm going to be the first to tell you. Worry about what the word of God says. Worry about what God says. Show his heart, show his love, show his mercy, show his grace. You know, there's a lot of good people that are listening to this broadcast right now that have an anointing and a calling on their life. But because the church has judged you, you, you've buried that. And God is saying, you know what, don't worry about what the church said. Don't worry about what the, you know, Mr. Uh, Self-Righteous Super Saint said. Okay, if God called you, he called you. Look at Amy Simple McPherson. Look at, um, Catherine Kuhlman. You know, look at, um... You know, there's so many people, King David, I mean, the apostle Paul, I mean, you know, people make mistakes, you know, Paul talked about something that there was a thorn in his side and we don't really know what that thorn was, but there was something that was a big thorn, you know? So, so as Christians, we, we, it it is not easy, especially in 2021 going into 2022 to walk this thing out in holiness and purity and consecration and the love of Jesus. But we've got to strive, strive to do that and to do it correctly. there's a lot of people over there that are beating their chest, you know, out there beating their chest, you know, be careful, be careful because you know what? You might be beating your chest today, but tomorrow you might get a curveball. And so walk this thing out with fear and trembling, loving the Lord, hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You know, you might throw a, a dart at somebody today and tomorrow might have to deal with the same situation in your own life. So be careful, be careful. Amen. Be careful. So, you know, look, we, we do our best, no lukewarm, like David's saying, no lukewarm. We do our best, hunger and thirst for righteousness, stand on the promise of God, which is yes and amen, hope in the future. He's with us even until the end of age. We, we say all these things all the time, but you're human. And I want you to, to know that you are human. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful, you're special, you're loved by the Lord, but you're also human. And even some of the best people think of Thomas, Thomas doubted. Um, you know, think about, uh, Judas, Judas was in the presence of the most high, literally, you know, with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who was fully God and fully man. And yet he betrayed Jesus, you know, there's betrayals, there's, there's flesh, there's sin, there's people that fall that make mistakes. And yet what is our job? Our job is to love and our job is to, to be the, the body, the hands and arms and to be the representatives of Jesus. And so if you know somebody in this holiday season in this, in this Christmas season, if you know somebody that you know has been shunned, I'm talking about the misfits. I'm talking about those that have been shunned and hurt in the body of Christ, or they came into the church and they were told they weren't good enough, or their dressing wasn't appropriate, and so you got to leave. You got to get out of here. And maybe that was their one and only time they would enter into the church. And they, they enter in the church, and the elders came over, or maybe the, you know, the, the, the ushers came over and said, you got to leave because, you know, that top is too low or that whatever. And I get it. Like I'm all about holiness and purity and, and, you know, avoiding the appearance of evil. But maybe that was their only time they entered the church and maybe they were going through something. They said, maybe I can find the love of Christ at a church and they walk into the church. And that one time where they walk in and the usher comes over and says, I'm sorry, but you're not good enough to be here. You got to go because I've seen this in my own life and I've, I've witnessed this. And that was the one time and the only time they walked into a church because that was their experience. We got to love people where they're at. We got to understand that it's a process. And so maybe we're at a certain level with the Lord and we understand consecration and we understand holiness and we understand the word of God. And we've been in it for 20 years or 10 years or a long time. And so we feel that we're, you know, we're strong. We're good. And somebody walks in, and maybe they're not in the same place. But you got to remember that first time when you walked into church. I thought a lightning bolt was going to hit me. I was sweating. I was nervous. I was afraid, I felt alone, but I said, you know what, I believe God is real, so I'm going to walk into this church fresh out of Hollywood, fresh out of the club scene, fresh out of p- partying and, and being in a promiscuous lifestyle. I needed years of healing and years of deliverance, and thank God there was a few good people that were willing to walk with me, and that's the fruit of that is today. Now you see the fruit of that. Think about that. Because when somebody's walking into church, we can't expect them to be at the same level that we're at. How silly and ridiculous. Who did Jesus hang around? He hung around the least of these. The least of these. So when we go into this, I really believe that this is you know one of the factors why the revival, we're in a revival where the revival started. And it's going to grow. Okay. I'm seeing pockets, what I call pockets of revival prophetically around the nation and around the world where the Lord is moving and we're seeing a a harvest, a great end time harvest that's coming and it's beautiful and it's powerful. Okay. And so we're seeing this, but I believe one of the factors of why we haven't yet gone into the full, the full thing is because you know what? We got to understand the misfits, the drug addicts, the the least of these are going to be the ones that are coming and you better be ready, church, to welcome them in. You better be ready to not judge them and kick them out because that's Pharisee. That's self-righteous super saint, okay? Kicking them out when really we should be bringing them in and teaching them the love of Christ and the ways of the Lord. And that's the kind of church that, that I want. And I believe that's the kind of church that God wants because when Jesus was in the flesh here on earth, that's who he hung around. He didn't hang around the Pharisees and all the people that thought they were all religious in the religious spirit. He hung around the least of these, Amen. So so when you go to the church service, the next service that you're at, or during this Christmas season, think through this filter and just say, are we showing the love of Christ? Are we welcoming the misfits? Are we welcoming the downtrodden? Are we, are, we, are, we, are we, as a friend, are we with people, not only when they're on the mountaintop, but also when they're in the valley? Are we offering that hand to those people? Because, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, right? Isn't that the golden rule? That's what we gotta do. It's not about this whole who's cool, who's in, who's on top. My goodness, (laughs) such a joke, such a joke. Anybody that's about that, they don't get it. They just don't get it. So, all right, well, thank you so much for letting me kind of rant on this today. Uh, But I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that I see and I experience that I don't talk about often. And I really feel an unction in my spirit. You know, when I shared that underdog podcast the other day, um, I'll tell you, a lot of people really got it. And, uh, it really, it really made me understand where we're at as a body. We've got to talk about these things. We can't shy away from them. And we can't be afraid to talk about this real stuff because this is, this is how the healing comes. And this is how, you know, we got to go into this next season. Like, are you ready for revival? Are you really ready for revival? Because revival is going to look a little messy at times. It's not always going to be, you know, proper and prim and everything, you know, perfect. There's going to be some, some messy appearance but it's gonna be it's gonna be in the order of the Lord. There's even though it's messy in the flesh, it's order in the Lord. Amen. All right, love you guys. Hey, if I don't talk to you, I might, but I might not. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, you know, people are you know get mad at me for saying Merry Christmas now. That's how 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 out there we've gotten. You know, well, you know, Pastor Todd, it's pagan. Yeah, I get it. Trust me, I've I've studied it all. I get it. You know, but look, at the end of the day, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Don't don't celebrate the pagan stuff. You know, if the Lord's giving you a uh, discernment and wisdom on that and you don't want to, you know, be involved in something that's pagan or whatever, then great. Then don't don't celebrate the pagan aspect, but that doesn't mean we don't use this opportunity because the whole world, even non-believers acknowledge the birth of Jesus Christ in this season. It's such a great time to to witness the gospel and to share the truth. Why would we give that up? I don't see the Satanists giving up on uh Halloween. You know, they're all about it, right? So why why are we not celebrating Christmas and telling people about Jesus Christ because that's the biggest opportunity. And there's a lot of people that only go to church on Christmas and Easter. So why don't we use this opportunity instead of getting, you know, what can I say? Oh, it's this, it's that, it's the look at him. He's not real. Stop. Just, just get out of your head for a minute. Just get out of your head for a minute. I, I appreciate all the the people that get into the research. I'm, I've been encouraging people to research years. So I'm not against your researching and it's good to know these things, but let's, let's use it for the kingdom. Merry Christmas. It's about Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Talk about the birth of Jesus, you know, share the gospel. This is the one of the two times a year where it's like kind of okay in society where they actually don't, you know, think it's the craziest thing. It's a great open door for us. It's a great open door for us. So get rid of the religious spirit. That's what we all got to do. I got to do it. You got to do it. Fight the religious spirit. Don't be a Pharisee, a modern-day Pharisee. Uh, Don't be a self-righteous super saint. Remember where you came from. Remember all the things that you've had to walk through and all the challenges that you've had to walk through and the healing that you've had to walk through and have mercy on the others. Have mercy and grace and love them as Christ loves the church. I know that's for wives and spouses, but I think we all need to do that. You know, show the agape love, right? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor, amen? Amen. All right, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's broadcast. If you feel led, you can go ahead and share it. I know Facebook does do a bunch of censorship on these types of things, so uh, I don't think they'll take down this video. Hopefully, I didn't say anything that they, I hope, would be so offended about. Uh, you never know, though. Uh, but but you know, appreciate you guys. Glory to God on the highest. He is the King of Kings, the Lord is Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you invite Him in your heart today, He will come into your heart. Why not do that today? Invite him in your heart. Don't worry about somebody that's hurt you in the church. Don't worry about some Christian that set you down. This is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's available to you. He loves you. He calls you by name. All right? Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk soon.